Hey folks, welcome back to the DC3 cast. My name is Brian. With me as always are Zach and Vince. We are here with the penultimate week of Future State. Kind of sort of, except for one comic coming out in March, but that's a whole other story. Um and a whole and a whole new ongoing coming out in April, but Yes, but of the Future State event. <laughs> you know. This is this is the penultimate week. I'm just goofing. I'm just I goofing. know. I know. You're full of goofs tonight. Uh, so let's let's not waste too much time. Let's dig in. First up is Future State Catwoman number two. This is written by Ram V, illustrated by Otto Schmidt. Uh, Vincey, why don't you start us off with this one? What did you think of this issue? Um, I liked it. I liked it. I I, I didn't love it. Um, but I liked it. I like Otto Schmidt's art a lot, and um. And and that and I like I like Ram V, but I think the the Schmidt art did most of the work here for me. Um, uh, enjoying this so much, um, I love the cast of this. I loved it, like uh, Talia rescuing Bruce, and then like Anamanapia tagging along with Selena, and and the bit at the end was was a lot of fun, where like Bruce and Selena meet up, and they're like, oh, that's some company you're keeping right now, you know, and. Um, I thought that was pretty funny and 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 I thought it was a sweet moment at the end when Selena's like how do I find you and and Bruce is like just steal something important just you know a, a nice clever fun issue didn't didn't blow me away but put a, put a little grin on my face Zach how about you um yeah it was fine the art I I, I agree with Vince uh, pretty much it, it didn't like uh, you know, it wasn't anything too noteworthy, but the art was really good. I guess actually, anytime there's Otto Schmidt art, it, it is kind of noteworthy. Um, and I feel like this book pairs really well with um, Dark Detective, like visually and uh, you know, plot-wise. It's almost kind of like a uh, prequel to Dark Detective, I guess, in a way, because it it you know shows how Bruce is freed. Um, so it it fits in the slot of Gotham books that I enjoy a little bit, as opposed to the ones that I don't enjoy at all. Yeah, I mean this is fine, right? There, there's nothing really groundbreaking here. I think that, like you guys said, the Bruce and Selena stuff is nice. It it doesn't feel uh, forced. Like I think some of the relationships in some of these books, um, you have to. If they take them with a grain of salt because they're implying a bunch of relationship that you haven't seen, you know, the sort of time in between stuff. But this feels like a relatively normal continuation of Bruce and Selena. And Otto Schmidt's art is just really, really fun here. Um, I feel like Otto Schmidt is doing just consistently. He might be the artist that I think is consistently knocking it out of the park the most. Whenever I see an Otto book, I'm like, oh, damn, this is why this guy is the best. I, like there, there's another artist we'll talk about a little bit later tonight um, who I feel like has done really good stuff, but also occasionally does some clunkers. I can't remember seeing an Otto Schmidt clunker. So let us celebrate Otto for his greatness. And uh, yeah. My name is Otto. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? There, there, there are two different Otto endings to that from The Simpsons. Um, well, I, I was trying to think of something about related to art but i i kind of bungle i'm i'm bailing on the joke basically okay uh, your, your choices were either uh from homer in aa i am otto i love to get blotto yep, or yep. from a streetcar named marge my name is otto i'll be playing pablo <laughs> so <laughs> yeah maybe there's more those are the only two i acknowledge though um yeah. can't go wrong yeah all right uh anything else about catwoman I guess not. Let's go over to Immortal Wonder Woman. Future State Immortal Wonder Woman number two. Written by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad. Illustrated by Jen Bartel. So, I know that uh, I was probably the highest on this book last time. Or at least, I know that there was some, like, there was some confusion in terms of um, when certain things were happening and all of that. I feel like this issue is somehow even more confusing than last issue in some ways. Um, I don't think like in the general, 
I think most of the issue is relatively straightforward, but there are a couple of questions I had that I want to get into in a minute of like some timeline questions or like multiple Earth questions. Um, but Zach, what did you think of this? The art was good. I I didn't like it. <laughs> it was just um, it, it it just was kind of a non-story to me. Um, I guess okay. I, I, it's a little too reductive to say I didn't like it. I liked the character moments with Diana and Spectre. I thought that was actually really good. But just as like a story, it fell really flat for me. I just didn't, uh, you know, I was already kind of put off by the first issue and the, and the second issue. It, it just, there wasn't really a story there to, to me. It, it, it really felt like this was supposed to be, and I feel like this is going to be a recurring refrain over these next, these, these last uh, couple weeks of books. Like there, there are some books in here that were supposed to be at least like a six issue arc that have yes. been compressed into two issues. And I feel like this was big time. One of those cases. I, I agree with you. I think that this week's number twos handled that compression better than last week's number twos did personally um not that i'm saying i like the books better i just feel like in terms of having to rush the story these felt a little bit less rushed than last week's did i guess i don't know i, th I feel like this one feels really rushed i don't i, I think you're, i think this one you're correct about i was just sort of saying overall okay with, like with in general week. yeah yeah okay v vince what'd you think of this issue the well first of all i want to speak to what zach just said well what both of you guys just said the variance between so i agree we've talked a lot about how this was clearly supposed to be something else, but like the variance of what we ended up getting versus what it was supposed to be seems huge to me because you have, you have some of these that turned out somehow against all odds into these, like take a look at me now. <clears throat> um, perfect little two issue nuggets that are just like, exactly what I want and no more, no less, you know, then there's other ones where, okay, it's clearly supposed to be like the last two issues of a story that we didn't totally get. And we have to fill in all the blanks ourselves. I feel like some of those have worked and don't ask me to like pick out which ones have and haven't, but like some of the ones that feel like that worked well enough. Other ones didn't work at all. Like green lantern. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then you get ones like this where it feels like instead of it being two issues in a row that were plucked out of some story, it feels like a longer story where bits and pieces were taken from it to try to cobble something together that tells a story that clearly should have been much longer. And it's so scattershot that it hardly is a story. I agree with with Zach on that one. Um, there's a book that we'll talk about hmm, next week, I think, uh, that does the same thing to a wild degree. <laughs> like, I, I actually can't wait to talk about that because we will revisit this topic then. But um, uh, as far as this issue goes, I do think it's gorgeous. I think Jen Partel's art is even better than the first issue. Um, I think it looks wildly good. Um, and the colors are on point, which I, I think Bartel also did. Correct. Um, herself. Yeah. Um, I think like, I think it's just a non-story. Like Zach alluded to, there are a couple of good character beats, which I, you know, whether there's a story or not, there's always room for, for some character stuff. But the issue, there's no ending. There's no plot. There's no like, Diana just kind of makes peace with her role in, in, in the universe now and then like becomes a constellation <laughs> and that's it. It's like they didn't have an idea about how to end it, you know, so they just drew a, you know, an admittedly beautiful last page where she appears as a constellation, but like it, the story just kind of ends. Um, so I, I wanted to touch on that for a second, but I have to ask, Zach question because Zach is the timeline boy. Oh boy. Where does this because so again, not to tease too much for next week, but like next week we get another installment of the Black Adam story, 
which takes place in the DC one million time frame. Is this supposed to be after that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. this is supposed to be at like the end of everything. And that's why I was confused when the first issue came out is because it seemed like it wasn't. But it now like it, it, in this issue we get to that point. But there are like two separate points in time in this issue. There's a uh you know unknown amount of a lot of time uh, that takes place between the stuff with Darkseid and Superman and then the stuff with Diana and Spectre. Right. right. Um, so, yeah, this, this at least where this story ends is like the end of time, basically. Yeah. Because I just feel like, and again, like I'm, I'm not, I'm trying not to be the, the pedant here in the continuity police, but I feel like the Diana we see here and the Diana we see in that, Black Adam story from last time from um, Suicide Squad number one like it doesn't seem like this would be after that just in how that character is presented um, well, well that's not even the same Diana though right is it not the same Diana I don't think the Diana from DC 1 million is like our or that that's not even Diana that's like a that's like a different Wonder Woman doesn't he call her Diana multiple times in that? Maybe she is called Diana, but I'm pretty sure they're different okay. characters because she's made she's made of something else. You know, I think she shares like a similar origin. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of those like one million characters though are right. Um, Gesundheit. You know, the same as the. I'm I'm looking it up now. Just to make sure, because Wonder Woman's one of those hard characters. Because like obviously, the one million Batman is not Bruce Wayne, because Bruce Wayne will be dead by that point. But Diana clearly can survive till the end of all time, so it's hard yeah. to, you know, I, I forget exactly how that, how that. She's works. Not, so, uh, yeah. So we, yeah, we, I'd have to go back and read the issue to see if he does call her Diana. But like in in Morrison's DC One Million, she's a different character. Okay. Um, she probably she probably catfished him into thinking that she was Diana. Probably, probably. probably or maybe he, he's so old he's he's like senile. He just is like, oh, Diana, Diana, is that you, Diana? <laughs> Jesus, uh, uh, you're yeah. canceled for making fun of the elderly. So <laughs> I'm making fun of a million year old, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, shitty protector of Earth. So that's fine. Um. Yeah, you know, this is absolutely a gorgeous-looking book. Jim Bartell should be doing more at every publisher because her stuff is great. That last bit of her becoming, as Vince said, a constellation, like that, I, I could not tell you for all the money in the world exactly what happened there, but that's okay. It looks nice. Whatever. Have you uh have you seen those uh, covers, the, the female variant covers she's doing? at marvel and uh, in like one of the so. coming months they, they look marvel? really good uh they publish x-men ah good answer <laughs> um i'll have to take a look at those because she's great um so let's move over to the nubia story which was written by l.l uh, mckinney Nubian, i think <laughs> jesus uh, every time I can't, I can't not yeah. do it <laughs> written by L.L. McKinney illustrated by Aletha Martinez um, this to me feels like I think that the, I think that there could be a good story within all of this I don't feel this was particularly a good story there's a lot of like the peripheral bits of Wonder Woman here there's Cersei there's Grail we're getting a lot of like the the traditional Wonder Woman stuff but I just felt that this was a um a bit of an oddly paced story and um I just I I, I did not find myself caring all that much uh Vince what'd you think um yeah, I think I think my biggest problem with it, which is not necessarily a problem, is that it's just such a plain straightforward uh story. It's there there's you know, other than Nubia being Wonder Woman in this particular part of the timeline, there's nothing that sets this apart from a 
sort of current-ish cape cape comic or street level. You know, like the art is just the art is just fine. Like it 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 does its job. It but it doesn't go above and beyond, and it's not particularly. You know, it's like DC house style, for lack of a better term. You know, mm-hmm. um, the writing. You know, again, there there's good bits here and there. There's good character bits. There's a little too much exposition for me, you know, which is like the average comic at DC has too much exposition for me. Um, there's a clever bit here and there with, with you know, I praised um, Joel Jones's uh, Wonder Woman comic. <sighs> God damn, just let a man finish a thought here. Um <laughs> I praised her comic. I slobbed on her comic there, for uh, there we go. Okay, for incor- for incorporating some of the Brazilian lore stuff into it in a way that you know Wonder Woman traditionally does at DC. Only you know in in this case for a different nationality. And here again, there's a little bit of that, and I and I like that a lot. Um, I feel like an idiot because we were talking about uh, Aunt Nancy last time, and of course that's a Nancy. <laughs> You know? Oh my gosh! I right? Dumb, well, I, well, I, mean, I realized some, it while reading this issue, and I was like, "Oh, we are so fucking dumb for not realizing that." Somebody on Twitter, and I, I apologize, I can't remember who it was. I, who it was? I, of course, I'm not on Twitter. I, I mean, uh, somebody on Farmers Only. Somebody uh, on he, Farmers he, Only DM'd somebody me. Somebody honked you. That's what it's called. <laughs> somebody, right? somebody, somebody mooed at me and yeah. said, uh. uh that it was probably a Nancy. And I was like, of course, of course it is. But like, I wasn't thinking about lore at the time. I was thinking about, well, I was thinking about DC lore. So I'm like, I'm like, who's Aunt Nancy, you know? And then of course they make it completely obvious in the second issue with like the spider imagery and anywho, I liked that stuff. I liked it a lot. Um, Just a little too wordy for me, but you know, I would say this is like squarely in the middle as far as like not good and not bad. It's fine. Uh, yeah. Cromulent, not crumpulent. Right. Because right. Crumpulent's a little better than cromulent. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Cromulent. I think that's appropriate. Zach. I, yeah, I I just kind of skimmed this one. <laughs> I couldn't. We had to read a lot <laughs> for this batch, and there were a couple things that fell you're, by the wayside. And this this was one very, of them. You're very Zuckercorn. It's very long. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It really was. <laughs> they always look like that up close. <laughs> oh yeah i mean like i got the gist of it i it yeah it it was fine i wanted to like this more than i fully fully understand uh the history of nancy and i saw i saw grail was in there and that's all i that's all i needed to know (laughs) that's a fair yes that's a fair uh it is totally fair to check out once grail shows up in a comic coming to a snyder cut near you oh don't you know and she'll have a very comics accurate costume too. I, I saw somebody on Farmers Only say, "Finally, somebody is going to flesh out Grail." <laughs> and there's no, like there's like there's like no, several didn't. reasons why that's funny. <laughs> because first of all, Grail is guaranteed to have like five minutes of screen time Max. in that thing. Max. Yeah. Wait, Grail's not really going to be in there, right? I. I somebody picked her out of a blurry screenshot, I think, and I, I that's another reason why it's funny because like I can't even guarantee that she's in this thing, you know. Did you uh, did you see that they got Elizabeth Warren to play Granny Goodness? Oh, yes, I, I saw it. I, I saw it all, my friend. <laughs> uh, we are living in the dumbest possible timeline, guys. Yep. Um. Anyway. Zach didn't read Nubius, and we'll move on. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the finale of Future State, the next Batman, written by John Ridley, illustrated by Laura Braga. Uh, Zach, since you maybe read this one, I'll let you start. I, I did read this one. Okay. Um, 
so I think I, I I've probably been the most down on this series so far. And this issue made me realize it was because my spec and my expectations for what this miniseries would be were just completely out of whack. Um, I was expecting this to be like the the origin story, the the you know Tim Fox year one, and it it really wasn't that at all. It was just this. It was the story about him and this couple. Um, and a little bit about his family, not as much as I would have expected. And so, like, getting getting the end of the story here and seeing what the story was that Ridley was trying to tell, it's not, like, the story that I, I was really that interested in or would, would have even picked for this, um, you know, for this event, for this kind of, like, debut for the character. But it... It was fine. Um, it, it was enjoyable. I really did like how it ended. Um, so, I mean, like, 7 out of 10, I guess, is where I'm at. Mm. Wow. That's, I... actually, that's more, that's higher than I would have expected you to, even after all you, that you just said. Yeah, same. But I actually kind of agree. I think that this was a, um, I think this was actually a, a relatively good final issue and i think that again what what is so weird about reading these issues and we're going to keep coming back to this is just the jarring nature of how these stories are told and if things feel like they're too long or too short whatever this was the first issue to me that felt properly paced as an issue and maybe that's maybe again this was supposed to be a six issue miniseries and the first three issues were all like an issue and a half worth of story to get us to this one, but this one felt properly paced to me. And so I, I, that makes a big difference in the way that you enjoy a story. If it doesn't feel super rushed or whatever. And so I, I really did enjoy this. I still feel like this was probably a two issue story told over four issues though. And maybe it could have been a good six issue story, but in this, in this current state, uh, a future state, if you will, it just seems to me like it was a uh, it was still too long. Vince, yeah, the <clears throat> I agree. the The very again, again, the variance uh, between all between the way that these feel is so wild across this whole event. But um, yeah, I think I'm a little lower on it than you guys, although I certainly didn't hate it or dislike it. In fact, this fourth issue right at the very end gave me gave me what i wanted with that fox family stuff which i thought was pretty well written on ridley's part and i think very like realistic and multifaceted um and i wanted more of that i i wanted more tim as tim or tim projecting out from behind the Batman cowl, which I don't feel like I felt like other than that, it was a very generic Batman story. And maybe the point I've said this before, but maybe the point was that it doesn't matter who's uh, who is Batman right now. Cause they make a point of saying several times, like, no, I am Batman. If somebody says you're not Batman, like, no, I am. I am Batman. You don't get it, you know. Like, and that that theme continues into into. Um, well, that would be. Hang on, that would be a spoiler. <laughs> I'm, this, this two two show thing is gonna um, mess yeah, me just up. Just for tonight, real listeners so. out there, we we took a week off from recording last week, so we're double double dipping tonight. And uh, you know, it's uh, it is a bit jarring to remember what we can talk about, what we can't talk about. So. Yeah. So so never mind that thought. But but the point is, is that like. If the point is it doesn't matter who is Batman at this point in time, that's that's fine. That's a legitimate uh, storytelling angle. It's just not what I'm interested in. When they announced that Tim Fox was going to be the next Batman, that's not the angle I care about. Um, making making him kind of invisible in the in the cowl, but it is what it is. The stuff at the end was really nice. I thought. Yeah, and, and again, like if there was more time to this story and we're going to be getting more um, 
more Tim Fox, Jace Fox as Batman stories. So maybe that stuff will be extrapolated a little bit more in other in other tales. Um, because I do think that there's, I think those are equally valid points. I think there it is interesting to consider like. It almost doesn't matter who Batman is. The fact that you're Batman is what matters. Also, juxtapose that with the differences between Bruce Wayne and T- and uh, Tim Fox. So I, th- I think that there's, I think that there are interesting stories to tell on both sides of that. Uh, so also in this issue, we have the finale of the Batgirls story, written by Vita Ayala and illustrated by Aneki. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. My apologies. Um, I thought that this story was way better than the first issue. And maybe that's Absolutely. Because, maybe that's because the first issue of this so much of it was spent with us not knowing where Steph st- stands with stuff like remember she was like she was she betraying them was she you know um it was, it was unclear and so it just it especially because Again, we read some of these stories kind of out of order. So it was like, wait a minute, we've seen Steph elsewhere. How is this working? This issue, there's none of that. It's just a straight-ahead story. And I thought the art was really nice. I thought that the story had a lot of heart to it. I really liked the um, the way that Barbara Gordon was talking about, like, once a Batgirl, always a Batgirl. I thought there was a lot of really good stuff in this um, in this chapter. And it sounds like Vince agrees with me. Yeah, you want me to talk or yeah. Okay. Go for it. Yeah. So, yes, I do agree. I'm not going to let the first uh installment of this off the hook entirely though, just because it was um you know, kind of playing a game with us as far as like what these characters' goals were because I still think I still think there was something off about the voices in the beginning. Like even if Steph Brown is trying to obscure her motives or whatever. I just, I still didn't, that's that stuff between her and cast just didn't seem like those two characters had the history. We know that they do, you know, I think this issue fixed that. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the difference was, but like the voices were just right in this one. Again, it felt like, so, um, so that was great. The, the the stuff between the two of them was great. The Dick and Bab stuff was like DC three bait, I think, a little bit. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, the the resistance part when they when they when they finally came out with the official like resistance team or whatever um, was awesome. The art was great. I'm a huge Mike Allred fan, you know, like number one Allred fan in the world, and this looked so much like Allred. Like I did a double take when they, when they uh, break in and see Babs all hooked up to that, um, whatever she's hooked up to, you know, all those tubes, that scene looked like a Mike Allred drawn scene, like period. <laughs> like, like I have no reservation saying that's like a one-to-one Allred <laughs> looking, <laughs> looking uh, page, um, which I think like, it's not a swipe, obviously. Like I don't think anyone is, is tracing here or anything. It's just, it's it's a style, and I think uh, Annika or or however you pronounced it um, makes that look really good. Um, so yeah, yeah, fan- fantastic stuff, and the colors too. Like again, if you would have told me that Laura Allred was coloring this, I would have believed you. But it was uh, Trish Mulvihill, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, who did a fantastic job? So um, I think this I, it looked great. It it read so much smoother than that first issue. Yeah, this was this was good. Zach. Um. Yeah, I think I like maybe was less down on this, or less. I I was more down on this than you guys. Less less up on it. Um. It, it was fine. I just like I don't care about any of this Gotham stuff, and this was just like more of that. the The stuff at the end was better. You know, you mentioned the the Dick and Bab stuff and the Cass and Steph stuff. That that was good, but I just like don't care about any of this story. And it was just it was just more of that magistrate stuff, and I couldn't get that excited about it. Sure. 
I, I understand that. To me, this was like I had written in my notes. I want to get the exact wording right here. Um, uh, a glimmer of hope in shit Gotham. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I appreciated that part of it. And then we get also the finale to Gotham City Sirens, written by Paula Sevenbergen, illustrated by Emmanuel Lupacino. Um, I said this last time. This is just the okay Lupacino. We have seen such better art from her in the past. This just did not, to me, live up to the standards that she has set for herself. Um, I, I also think this was better than the first chapter, though, in terms of, of as a story. Um, not much, but a little bit better. And my last question is just, was that dude fucking the droid? <laughs> I mean... They, they imply it pretty strongly. I got that impression from the first issue, yeah. Is that your way of saying you didn't read this issue, Zach? I skimmed this one. This is the <laughs> other one that I did not did not give the full attention to. But uh, but I did get that impression in, in the first issue as well. Yeah, I mean I I think I think yes. I think so. And why not? I mean, wouldn't you, Brian Salvatore? <laughs> I played the fifth so, of this one. <laughs> you don't have to answer that, no. Um yeah, I this one didn't do much for me. I guess uh, technically it was I thought it was a little better than the first installment too, but but like you said not by much. Um it relied less on on very cheesy jokes, I think. I, th I thought this was more well-rounded as far as its humor was concerned. How did Slam Bradley live, <laughs> by the way? <laughs> like, <laughs> he was, he was uh, uh, just like air he hole. He was McBain's partner. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes, yes. And then he like he gets up in this issue and he's like, oh, yeah, I... Uh, I really want to retire now. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll be fine, guys. Don't you worry about me. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I, I didn't love this one. Yeah. All right, let's let's knock the next Gotham book out, and then we'll take a break because I feel like we're gonna have more to talk about with the sort of uh, the back half of of these uh, comics. So uh -huh. let's um, let's talk about Nightwing number two, written by Andrew Constant, illustrated by Nicola Scott. Um, so I, I will somewhat continue my praise from last time. I think this is maybe the best Tim Fox Batman we've gotten in Future State. Or at least the we've learned the most about him as Batman in the Nightwing stories, which is kind of wild. But th this has a lot of good Nightwing stuff. I, I feel like Dick is a character that a lot of writers write well because he's just... He's just like he's just the best of the Gotham characters. He's just really he he's a really admirable person. He does the right thing all the time and that's that's not so hard to write. In a way he's like the Superman of the Batman books. Um but I thought this was a, a fun issue. I thought the art was really good cuz Nicola Scott's really good. Um like I said I like the Tim Fox stuff. Zach, what did you think of this issue? I actually liked this a lot. Um the art was really really good um i do think it's the best tim fox stuff that we've gotten i really liked the pairing of tim and dick a lot um a lot more than i expected to really um yeah i i thought this was good i thought the ending was really good um really satisfying and i yeah i just i liked this one a lot we need more nicola scott stuff and and andrew constant i think the only other thing that we've ever read from him is um, that the demon, demon miniseries. Yeah, which this is much better than that, I think. Yeah, this certainly has more personality than that did. Um, yeah, I think I like this a little less than you guys, um, but I will say that the the moment when the resistance shows up, I I really like that team, and I like them as the. The, the Gotham resistance. And I think um, the key point I want to talk about more than anything else is uh, Babs calling herself Oracle, but still wearing a Batgirl-esque costume. Mm -hmm. 
And I think, like, we'll go way far back, uh, you know, several months ago when we were kicking around the the Babs Oracle stuff and what we thought was going to happen. And I think I said, you know, I could see her in the Oracle chair role, but then also going out as Batgirl and DC kind of having their cake and eating it too there. And it seems like that's an option that's on the table. So I'm I'm kind of relieved about that because I think she's I think I think you need an oracle role. It doesn't have to be Babs, I guess, but if they're intent on making it Babs, I think it's good for her to do both. I think I think that should make most people happy. <laughs> <laughs> not that not that pleasing the fans is everything, but I think that's you know that's your way to not piss anyone off, maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Sure. I feel like um I just feel like this was a a less pessimistic look at Gotham even compared to the, the first issue. I feel like this this just much like the uh much like the Batgirls story, this just felt like maybe there's a pathway out of this shit city. Whereas I feel like the other books just make it feel like it's a drudgery. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, well, let's take a break. And when we return, we will talk about the last books for this week, which uh, I'm going to venture to say are the most interesting books this week. But are they the best? We'll see. Hello, everybody. My name is Mike. And I'm Greg. And together we are Robots from Tomorrow, a twice-weekly podcast appearing at MultiversityComics.com. Each week we take some time to check out books and shelves on Wednesday that are worth your attention. And each month we dissect the previous catalog. We also have long-form discussions about books we've enjoyed, like Dan Clow's Ghost World and Jack Kirby and Mike Royer's Commanding. And if that's not enough, we also do creator interviews. Some of the talks you'll find in our archives feature Mike Mignola, Leila Del Duca, Sean Martinbro, Emma Beebe, and Greg Rucka. So that's a lot of content for everybody. Please subscribe subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow on iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comic-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show. And we have returned with Future State Shazam number two, written by Tim Sheridan, illustrated by Eduardo Pansica. Zach, start us off on this. What do you think of this issue? Um, So it's weird getting this issue after we've had the end of Teen Titans already. Um, I'm going to have more to say on this when we get to next week and we talk about the one of the stories in that week. Um, which, which, about... was, which was surprising that it connected to this. Right? Well, Did... it, it... Yeah, I, I think it, it is surprising that it, that it connects. And I, I'm going to talk about kind of the the way that this, is story, that this story is told and how I maybe would have done it a little differently differently but that that's kind of even more like just thinking about this event as like a whole thing uh like just just in general but um i um i liked this i didn't like it as much as teen titans like i i guess we know i i can go ahead and say you know the other book that we know is tying into this unkindness stuff is black adam because we we saw that in the first issue um the unkindness was a part of that and um this shazam is probably my least favorite of those three books but the developments in this are are pretty interesting and i I like the cast a lot and i am surprised how much i like this whole unkindness thing considering it's just like the most new 52 thing i've ever read well since the new 52 <laughs> ended can i drop some knowledge that i found out this week that i'm shocked by sure do you know what the unkindness's first appearance was no oh no i don't but i bet i know where this is going go in an episode of teen titans go oh it was actually in the teen titans go versus the teen titans movie they show future raven as the unkindness. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay, I like this so much more now. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't that make it so much better? <laughs> that makes it so much better. And that goes along with like the Red X thing. Yep. Um uh-huh. like 
okay that's really cool i like this so much better now because for me it felt like kind of a like i mean doesn't it it just it reminds me of um uh uh, earth 2 at world's end the (laughs) the like horsemen from that do you do you remember that yes no but okay (laughs) i will be rereading those books later this year as part of my jsa column oh you're you're the sicko (laughs) we've established we're all sickos um but no, so when I when I found that out, I was like, "Oh shit, that makes this so much cooler." I am on board with this now. Um, so yeah. Vince, what do you think of this? Yeah, I mean, you just you just made me like it more now <laughs> knowing <laughs> that. But I loved it already. I I think I think just the 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 strange stew that Tim Sheridan has going here uh is incredible just you know a dash of uh neuron here you get the specter you get you know shazam obviously yeah yep isn't it wild how much future state is just like a love letter to the 90s events that we just finished reading (laughs) like uh underworld unleashed dc 1 million the final night uh final yeah it's just wacky stuff who would have who would have thought that that would have all paid off it's awesome. I can't wait until some event like five, ten years from now is is rehashing all the Flashpoint New Fifty Two <laughs> stuff somehow. The culling Dead man comes and the back. flying Graysons. <laughs> yep. Oh um, man, dead man, yes. The Dead Man question reveal from this was really good. Yeah, yes, it was um, good. It was. Man, just yeah, and and now the the only my only criticism, and I agree with Zach, is that like. The way that this was told across Future State yes. was not optimal, and I kind of want to go. I kind of want to have somebody do it for me. I hope, like arrange <laughs> arrange it in a way where I can read it and well, it will really, be satisfying. yeah. You would just do like Teen Titans and, and then, then Shazam, Shazam and, and then, then Black, Black Adam. Adam, right? Um, yeah, and it, it, right. yeah. It, it makes me wonder why they didn't just do like a like Futures End not futures and future state (laughs) the unkindness series you know why why split it well i'm sure it's because they they gotta sell a book that has shazam on the cover a book that has black adam on you know what i mean okay well even then just like brand it that and release them sequentially not you know not stagger it like this right right what i was gonna say is you know next week we get a we get our first and i think only one shot of the event they could have done a uh Future State Teen Titans one shot that was double sized and cost however much, and then yeah. a future, and then a Future State Shazam one shot which is double sized, and then a regular sized Future State Black Adam, and that would be the same page count but just told in a much less confusing way. Right. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Speaking of confusing books, um, <laughs> yeah. More on that next week. <laughs> oh my gosh! I cannot. You're dropping. I'm. You're gonna make me mad this next episode, aren't you? Yeah, I, <laughs> I am going to, as usual, be in between you guys on something <laughs> next issue, next next episode rather, and it's gonna be wild. Stay tuned next week, folks, for the implosion of the DC Three Cast. Um, but no, th- this book is just, you know, Tim Sheridan. If I didn't know better, I would think this motherfucker's been writing comics for 20 years. Like, he has such a great grasp on how to tell these stories. And, you know, I don't know if this, if these books didn't suffer the same fate of expansion or contraction that some of the other books did, but it feels like all these beats are landing in the right place. As long as you take the books, as we just established, like if you read Teen Titans first and then Shazam or whatever, like it, but these two issue stories are told so masterfully and there's so much stuff that happens in these issues more happens in this one issue than happened in the entire next batman series Mm -hmm. there's just so much that happens here and you know again you put power girl from uh deathstroke and anything i'm gonna love it you put bunker and anything you guys know me i'm the character simp and um all of this just works so well this is so fun, and uh, yes, I I cannot wait for Tim Sheridan's Justice. I mean, uh, Teen Titans book. It's gonna be yeah. good stuff. Yeah, good, that's, that's good stuff. One. Yeah, yeah. Anything else to say about this? 
Uh, Eduardo Pensica's art is uh, there, there's a glow up going on here. Absolutely. I, I, I think it's some of the best Pensica we've ever seen. Yes, I agree with that. Um, all right, well, let's move to our final issue of the week. Superman Worlds of War number two written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, illustrated by Michael Janine. Um, Vince, I want to start with you, though I'm a little bit scared, too. <laughs> um, well, don't worry. I, I liked this. Um, here's the thing, though. This is where I'm going to wild out a little bit. Um, I, I want you guys to talk more about why specifically you liked this than I'm going to. Because I'm just going to while out a little bit here and say, if Philip Kennedy Johnson isn't careful, he's going to become the next Tom King. <laughs> and I don't know whether that's the 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 uh, Jenin art helping that along a little bit. And I understand that, like. I'm one of these people who doesn't like Tom King's right. If, if you told somebody else that he'd be the next Tom King or maybe even Johnson himself, he'd think that was a huge compliment. Um, but I just think like, I, I like this, but it's a couple turns of the dial from being the Tom King superhero story. That's not really about, it's about Superman, but it's about something else too. And it's told, and it's told in this different way, and I, I'm I'm just I'm getting a vibe where like, okay, he could be the next Tom King, and I say that as somebody who really liked that Aquaman annual that he wrote. Like I loved that. Um, that also cribbed from Alan Moore. So <laughs> again, like another Tom King, an easy Tom King comparison there. Though I'm just saying, I'm just saying I, I like this. I'm I'm putting PKJ on Tom King watch right now though. I'm gonna have a board in my office here. <sighs> I I feel like your your concerns and your reservations aren't completely unfounded. But, but I'm right, an ignorant slut. No, you're not an ignorant slut. It's still very early to tell, but I think I might be coming the resident pkj head on the podcast um i can't talk about it a lot until next time uh-huh. but, um i i enjoyed this issue well enough the janine art i think is the real pull here i really liked it i i don't like think this is like the greatest thing in the world and i yeah i i definitely get what you mean um i don't i don't like this kind of story really Right. Uh, where it's where it's where it's it's a very through... cliched framing device. Yeah, yeah. it's told I, yeah. through a newspaper column, you know, and yeah, about this guy's life who you know le- lived a very you know difficult and inspiring, but also very he had a very hard life, and and it, it's a a bio uh, that Clark is kind of doing in, in the Daily Planet. Um, but that aside, there are things I really, really like. I love the bit about this this girl who is kind of leading this other kid who's kind of an, an unbeliever, you know, non-believer in, in Superman. And she takes him to the to the real Kent farm and they find the spaceship. And that that is kind of magical in a way. And then you have this this other story that's running alongside it where Clark is on world world and he's, you know, fighting as a gladiator, but he's not killing anyone. And he's not, you know, like he will not be broken by, by Mongol and all of this like world world stuff that Johnson is building and that the other writers are building in the backups and that is being mentioned in the solicits and that it seems like this Mongol and the war world war world stuff seems like it's going to be a really big thing moving forward. And I, I like it a lot. I'm, I am very interested in whatever is going to be going on with this moving forward. I think it's really interesting. Yeah. If, if the war world story continues someplace, I like this a lot more. 
But this this totally feels like this was going to be the Superman status quo until, oops, we're not doing 5G the way we were supposed to, so this is no longer what's going to be going on with Clark during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just feels very feels really rushed at the end because we don't really get a resolution to this story. So again, if it continues elsewhere, I like it a lot more. Um, I agree with, with both of you about this, though. Uh, I did think that moment of them finding the the spaceship was pretty magical. And I think that the the framing device is kind of cliched and cheesy to have it be the newspaper article. That said, like, if there's a character that's going to work with, it is Superman, right? Like, this is sort of the platonic ideal of this type of story, even if I don't particularly care for this type of story. And I think the, the, the biggest thing I took from this is that I think that Johnson really does get who Clark and Superman are. And so that's good enough for me. Because at times I felt like... At times I felt like Bendis 80% understood Superman. And I feel like Johnson has a better grip on it than Bendis did. That's interesting. I, I think Bendis understood Superman just fine. He just, as as he does, got caught up in his own bullshit once he started writing like four or five, six books or whatever it was um, and, and lost the plot a little. But but your point is taken. That's fair. So um, speaking of confusingly published stories, we get the second part of the second Mr. Miracle story, which comes after the second part of the first Mr. Miracle story. Mr. Miracle Time and Effect, written by Brandon Easton, illustrated by Valentine Delandro. Uh, Zach, go off. You were about to talk. Well, I was going to say, this actually kind of works for me, though, because it, you know, jumping to the end, this story creates a time loop with the story that was running in Superman of metropolis right so it's like there was still no reason to start the second story before the first one ended sure but i actually kind of like it because the there's a bit of the the mystery there i think works a little bit better i would i would need to go back and reread it but i have this idea in my head that this worked the way it was the way it was done um I i still think it could have been done chronologically and it would have been just as good, but it doesn't bother me quite as much as like the unkindness stuff does. Vince. I didn't like this as much as Zach. Um, but what it did for me more than anything was made me really excited for that Brandon Easton, um, He's writing it, right? I believe yeah. he is. Yes. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's this team, isn't it? I don't think it's Valentine. Is Delandro. it? Is it? It's a different artist. Okay. I'll look it yeah. up while you guys talk. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that's true. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to that series. Um, I think I think I got just enough of this character in the War World, and someone's going to tell me that the the miniseries is also about the War World stuff, which I I don't think that it is, but. I don't read the solicits really, so I wouldn't know. But um, it is by I'm, Brandon I'm... Easton with art by Fico Osio, mm, okay. uh, and it's about okay. uh, the series will explore Shiloh's dealings with the trappings of celebrity, his understanding of the Mister Miracle identity, and his possible connection to the New Gods. So I don't believe yes. it's War World then. Yes, I I want I am so excited for that story. Based on this story, which I which I really liked, but I think I got I think I got enough of. I think this last one, even even towards the end of this last one, I was like, okay, I'm not really. There's not a ton going on here for him, um, but I'm definitely interested in this writer writing this character with more of his own shit going on. Um, yeah, I'm 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 pumped for that. Yeah, I, I can agree with all of that. Uh, we also got the second part of the Midnighter story, which will be continuing into Action Comics as a backup um, when Action Comics comes back. Uh, this is written by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad, illustrated by Michael Avon Oming, taking over from Gleb Melnikov. And I, I missed the... 
although Omen is is fine and I, I like his work often, this was an artistic step down for me. Thoughts? Especially compared to the 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 thing it was trying to evoke, you know, um, Melnikov's Melnikov uh, evoked that '90s stuff so well, or I guess maybe '90s isn't that the Wildstorm era. Yeah, right? yeah, the the especially I think like the late like the '90s image stuff. Yeah, turn turn of the millennium. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, this I, I was surprised at how well this ended up working for me art wise. By the end, like I'm, I think when um, when uh, Apollo when the when the the Apollo fake out happens and like the skin gets ripped away and it's this like metallic skeleton underneath or whatever, that stuff all looked great and it, it looked as like hardcore as as I wanted this to be or as Melnikov's stuff did. But that's only about half of this. Um, the rest of it I didn't think was as good of a stylistic fit, even though I think the work itself was quite solid. Um, it just, it just didn't quite continue that, that, <laughs> that specific feel that the first installment went for. Sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I do too. I still really liked it though. Like I, I really like, um, Avon Oming's art here. And, um, I think he's doing I think he's doing the backups too. I'm pretty sure. I believe um, you're right. So I'm I'm good with that. Um Yeah, I, I, I liked this pretty well. Um I don't I guess I don't have a ton to say about it other than I am excited that this is this is just straight up continuing from in the backups it sounds like because yes. this this ends in the past mm -hmm. yeah yes and then the last story in this book is a, the second half of the black razor story by jeremy adams and sia ohm and my only note i wrote down was this is a whole lot of nothing i feel like black racer was supposed to be a big thing um uh, what makes you say that? Something, something I can't, that <laughs> I can't say anything. I can't yeah. say a thing. The new gods in general, like it seems like we were, and maybe we still are with like the the um um one of my thing uh, the Mister Miracle series. It seems like we're we were primed for like a new version of the new gods. We're doing something with the new gods because like Orion, you know, played a part in the king and red thing with um with green lantern it, it seemed like we were getting ready to do something cool and interesting with the new gods and like i said maybe we still are but the the black racer thing very much feels like a part of whatever that could have been mm -hmm. but this is not that e yeah this is this is really nothing um and i was really confused by the last page why she got so big um, bigger than before. Yeah. I don't know. I I didn't take great notes for this one, and I I could not tell you a thing that happened in it. This was the one where I did like the 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 Zach skim. I will I Wilkerson this <laughs> to to bring back an old chestnut. Yes. Yes. Um, I actually read it, and I still don't remember it. Yeah. Same. <laughs> It's just, it's just nothing. It's just nothing. Sorry, Jeremy and Sia. It's nothing. Um. Anyway, that's that's it for this week. Uh, Vincey, what's coming up next week? Um. God damn it! Hang on. <laughs> this week, more than ever, you have no excuse. I've, I've got them. I've got I got them. it. I got it. I got it. Aquaman two, Batman, Superman two, Dark Detective four, uh, Superman House of L number one, Legion of Superheroes two, Suicide Squad two, Superman versus Imperius Lex two, and Generations Forged one. <laughs> well, we're not talking about Generations Forged. Just <laughs> no, yet. no, if ever, not. if, if ever. ever. <laughs> and, and a Tim Fox Batman story by John Ridley. 
it's it's quite good. Yeah, that might be the best Tim Fox story so far. And it's about the DC3 cast as well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you have to get in touch with two-thirds of us, we're on Twitter. I am at Brian Edenapp. I am at Walker Fox. If you need to find Vince, he, as you know, he's not on Twitter. We've established he's not on Twitter throughout this entire episode. Um, so you can just find him uh, leaving notes to J.J. Watt outside of his house, hoping <laughs> that he will see those notes and come and play for the Packers. Indeed, yes. So uh-huh. uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back in a week with the finale of our Future State coverage. And we'll talk to you then. Bye. You were you were you were a seven year old watching uh <laughs> yes. watching watching grown ass people put giant condoms on and roll around on the bed. Yes, okay. I didn't understand. So, so I, I remember seeing that when I was a kid. Like I I was probably like I don't know, maybe like five or maybe like six to eight, maybe. Okay. And my parents were watching that. It was like on in the living room, and that scene came on. And I w- was so confused, but I, ju- I didn't say anything. I just I just sat I just sat there and absorbed it. And my parents didn't say anything. It was really weird, and I think about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh.